Well, good day, everyone. And I am filling in for Dr. Hank. My name is Ryan Shea. It's good to be here today. And we're going to keep the uh, we're going to keep the engine rolling here. As I was talking to Craig at the beginning, makes me think of uh, a familiar uh, friend that we have on Gaia, his name is Bruce Lipton. And one of the things that Bruce Lipton talks a lot about is the subconscious mind and so does Dr. Hank. But one of the things that he talks about on the subconscious mind is that 95% of everything that we do is controlled by our subconscious mind. 5% is our conscious mind. And when I thought of that engine, what it reminds me of is this picture of the subconscious mind is like a steam engine or a whatever locomotive engine coming down the railroad track and that's the subconscious mind and the in the conscious mind is like one of those little you know pump rails that you would get on like that you could see back in the olden days and that's the conscious mind and the subconscious and the conscious meets and who do you think is going to win that battle the subconscious mind is always going to win that battle so little tidbit there uh you want to watch someone really interesting look up Bruce Lipton he's great happy election day to everybody the election I've got one thing to say about the election and I don't know where people are at or where they're thinking but I believe that there is one power that one is God and may you find him now because ultimately that's the power and really ultimately that power is within us as well. It's within our subconscious mind and wants us to, uh, you know, have, um, hold on one second here. The, the subconscious, can, can everyone, let's see, I gotcha. I had to mute everyone. I was getting some background there. So the, the subconscious mind, um, I forget what I was talking about, got distracted, sorry. Here's what I wanna do, and uh, I wanna read this prayer. It's called the prosperity prayer. And if you guys want this, I'm more than happy to share it. But to kick us off here, the prosperity prayer. Dear God, I surrender my financial affairs and money concerns to your divine care and love. I ask that you remove my worries, anxieties, and fears about money and replace them with faith. I pray to know that abundance and prosperity are my true state of being. I have only to look to nature to see proof of the abundance you provide. Help me to be grateful for all that I now have in my life and to be willing and able to learn to manage my finances wisely and to seek help where needed. And finally, I ask you to help me understand my purpose in life and to act on that purpose with courage and strength by doing work I love. Please help me use my skills and knowledge to be of service in the world. Thank you, higher power, for helping me realize thy will not mine be done. Amen. So that's a prosperity prayer. I stumbled across that recently and really liked it. And so if you guys want a copy of that, you can reach out to me. To get started here, I think many here in the DFW area realize this and have known this for a while, but we have a two-month inventory here in DFW. It's really like the lowest inventory we've ever had in the market. So basically what that means is on average homes stay on the, on the market for 
a couple of months before they sell. So just to give this perspective, generally at the six month mark, that's where the buyer and seller market is like even Steven. If it starts to move above that six month mark, it definitely moves into a buyer's market. So if it's seven, eight, nine months uh, inventory, that's a buyer's market. If it's below that six months, it's a seller's market generally. So having said that, I just want to share a couple of things that are kind of making this a little different. And even though this is a seller's market, and one of the ways that that's becoming a little bit different is that interest rates are so low. We're at all time historic lows at 2.8% for buyers right now on interest rates. And there's a bunch of different programs as well, not only with those low interest rates where a lot of lenders are offering 0% down programs with no PMI. So if you want more information on that, you can, you can contact me, but there's a lot of variables that are creating a really great opportunity for buyers and also a really great opportunity for sellers. So here's what that seller's market basically means is that if a seller puts their place on the market, it's going to sell quickly and it's generally going to sell, sell above asking price. So this is the kind of market that we're looking at mostly nationwide. I would, and, and look, I will say this, even in the DFW area, it's relative to the neighborhoods. There are some neighborhoods or some places where the inventories are not this low. There's some condo high rises and stuff like that where the the inventories are not at two months here in DFW. They're a little bit higher. Here's the interesting thing about that. Okay, single family homes are very, go off the market very quickly. So really condos are an opportunity for people to get in possibly at a lower price and for people to, to get in and not have to compete with 15 other buyers on a particular home. So. It's all relative, like that's the thing like, sometimes you hear people talk about, oh, it's great at the seller's market. And, but here's the thing, think about this. If someone's selling their home and they're going to buy another home, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword, I guess you could say. So I think everything in, in markets is, is all relative. And here's the thing, and, and I know that Craig has been in the business so, a while. Anyone that I helped buy a home when the market crashed in 2008 and 2009 and 2010 ended up literally nearly doubled their prices. So ask those people what they thought about it being a buyer's market and the market crashing or being bad or a situation that we're in now and that every situation has an opportunity. It's where are we going to look for that opportunity? Where are we going to see that opportunity within the market and make it a benefit for us? And, and everything is an opportunity. It's all expansion for us anyways. So one other thing I want to just quickly go into here. I believe through the end of the year, the market is going to remain strong. Generally speaking, I'll give you, this is generally, okay, October is the slowest month in real estate, not this year. Totally different. In fact, October had the most mortgage closings ever in the history of the United States in October, which is generally the slowest time in real estate, okay? And all that 
it's going to do all that momentum is going to continue through the end of the year. And guess what? It's going to continue through 2021. Here's the reason why. For the previous 10 years since the quote unquote crash happened, um, build uh, new home starts, new home builds have not been able to keep up with demand. It seems like in maybe some areas like, oh my God, there's a ton of building. There's a lot of building going on. There's all this stuff. Oh my gosh, there's going to be, how can they withstand? This is what happened back in 2006, 2007 before the market crashed and all this stuff. Well, guess what? If you look at the numbers and you follow some of these uh, people that are way smarter than me, like Lawrence Yun, you look at the numbers and you see that the real estate market is going to continue to thrive. And it's going to continue to thrive into 2021 because we're at about a million and a half new home starts nationwide per year. It's not even half of, as close as what we need to keep up with demand. And there's the projection is it's going to take us at least five years for us to keep up with the demand of the real estate market. And then all these other variables that are being put into play, like that I've already mentioned with interest rates being low and inventories being low, it creates this storm of, you know, constant good opportunities for buying and selling within the real estate market. I just want to share a little something as well, because I did a presentation about the time all of this uh, pandemic and stuff happened. And what people don't realize, and you'll never hear this on the news, is that February was the best February in real estate that the real estate market had had in 10 years, February of 2020. So then March happened, the pandemic, shutdowns, okay? It did kind of like slow the market down. I gave a presentation right in the middle of that pandemic. And I said that the real estate market was fundamentally strong and there was no way this was gonna continue for the real estate market. There was no way there was gonna be, and I shared all these numbers, basically the numbers that I was creating with you and that where we were at and what was going on and what was gonna happen because you don't put the brakes on something of what was going to be our best spring maybe ever in the history of real estate could have been, who knows, and the brakes got hit on it. However, I looked at the numbers and I watched the numbers every day here in the DFW market, and we never really got off of that six-month inventory buyer-seller mark for, buy, uh, for, uh, for number of solds versus active listings or pending listings, and it never really fluctuated too far off that. And if you look at it now, there are you know, almost double the amount of sales that there are active listings, which shows that it's a really, that's a super, super healthy market for this time of year. And that's a super healthy market, no matter where you're at. And so, you know, I basically said, look, we're going to come out of this. What's going to end up happening? I said, our summer is going to be our spring and our summer is going to be our fall. And that's exactly what happened. Okay. But if you watch the news, what I would recommend anyone stop watching the news. Okay. There's nothing on there that's any use of any value, okay? Actually, if you get onto something like this or other trusted sites where you know you're going to get the actual facts and the good information, they're not going to try to manipulate and throw fear down your throat. You get, 
you get the actual facts and you get the actual numbers. So this is good news, right? This is great news for all of us in the real estate market, all of us that are realtors and real estate agents. Like that's what the projections are for the next year and a half, year and uh, not half, but because uh, we're at basically in the fourth quarter here. So let's see here. Along with those new home starts this year, uh, building is up 43%, okay? Even with that increase, like I shared, it's still not able to keep up with the demands. 43% increase, and we're still not being able to keep up. I mean, that's absolutely a remarkable number. Um, interest rates, have, as I've mentioned several times, are 2.8%. And in October, as I've already mentioned, was the most mortgage closings ever in the history of the real estate market for the month of October. Absolutely spectacular and amazing and, and great for real estate. Closed real estate transactions are up 21% year over year and um, average sales prices are up 11%. The reason for that is because of the demand. You have three or four buyers trying to, to buy this home. What ends up happening is someone will pay over the asking price generally is what happens or asking price. So people are getting their numbers and that's where that 11% increase comes in. And if you think about that, that 11%, that's a huge number. That's a huge number in real estate. I mean, just add, I don't know, someone could help me out here and you just add 11% on, on 200,000 and uh, that's $22,000, I think on top of that, that's a huge number. Like that's, you know, sometimes you hear that 11% it doesn't give perspective. Um, a third of the market is first-time home buyers. One thing with this, of, with that being a third of the market is first-time home buyers, is that um, millennials, that's generally what we're looking at. So keep that in mind with any of the social media and marketing that you're, you're doing within your uh within your marketing or, or your sales. The other cool number that I really like is that there are 2 million renters right now that are able to buy. So there's a ton of opportunity there with, um, with renters as first time home buyers. Like there's a huge market. I mean, I don't know, take 2 million and maybe that is, relates, but it's probably pretty close to that number of the amount of people that can buy a home. And if we just educate them, we bring these numbers and we just start uh, manifesting and putting this out there that this is what we want, it'll show up. And, and here's the other thing, what I see happening is where we've talked about it before is working with people who are leasing, because you think about this 2 million number, let's say there's 100,000 people here in DFW like even if you help them lease, you're basically setting them up, you're setting up a relationship for somewhere down the road for them to purchase. And I just had a conversation with a lady here recently whose credit is a little off. And we have several good lenders that, that we know, and I'll mention her name, Maria Leach with First United Bank. And she helps people with their credit. She's not a credit agency or anything like that, but she helps people with their credit and helps get their scores up if they're pretty close to where they need. And she'll also help them along the way if it's gonna be a year or two year down the line and just get them moving in the right direction. So there's all of these great opportunities and it's just 
being in the midst of the market and being, you know, right where uh, all the action is happening and all the actions happening in real estate. Here's an interesting thing. This was generally how markets would go. First thing would happen, the, uh, the stock market would crash. If you follow what happened in 2006, seven, eight, nine, all of that, what happened was the stock market crashed. Then what happened was then the real estate market, how it kind of funnels in the real estate market is that um, generally hits condominiums first and then the single family homes uh, get hit. And then, but it's like the reverse of everything when it comes out. Uh, and actually, uh, I may be getting this wrong. I may, might have to stop this and someone help me, but uh, here, here's basically what happened, okay? And generally the real estate market is the last to recover. Then the stock market is the first to, you know, come out as well. And, but what happened was in this market that we had, the real estate market led the way. It came out first. We were running and gunning. And I don't even know really ultimately if there was even really a slowdown. There was a slowdown because there was a lockdown or whatever for a couple of weeks, right? So um, we were the first to lead out of this. And that's not generally what happens. Generally what happens is the stock market comes out first and, and starts growing. And, and then the real estate market comes in behind. Well, we had the totally opposite of that happen, which I think is a significant indicator of markets and this particular market that we're in. And I think is very, very promising. So one last number, mortgages already this year topped $4 trillion. It's the first time ever that the mortgage, uh, the mortgage, mortgage uh, lending has topped $4 trillion, which is an absolutely staggering number that quote unquote, during this pandemic that's, that, ha that has happened. And it's, it's an absolutely, um, an amazing opportunity as I've, as I've already shared. So um, I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it up for any questions, comments, Craig, you want to correct me on. No, I was just going to add a couple of things. I think is that, uh, you know, I think some of the other reasons why the real estate has been such a leading indicator. It's been so hot is because it has moved into a new cycle where it for investors, real estate's becoming, it has become the number one place for investors to put their money. And so you have so much real estate being bought and so much money being put into real estate from an investment perspective. And it's not just the typical investors, it's the actual homeowners. There's so many people out there that they're buying a new home and they're keeping their other house and they're leasing it out and it's becoming an investment. There's Airbnb and they're putting it in Airbnb, but you also have a lot of investors buying up a lot of homes. And so that is, that has pushed a lot of money in the new home buying. And I think that's, that's been a, a change that we, an element that we've never had that level of investment that we have now. Secondly, is that you've got so many people relocating. I mean, you look at the number of relocations nationwide people getting out of a lot of these big cities and that and moving. Um, and that's driving, you know, a lot of new home sales and yeah, their, their homes are selling plus their, that transaction of them buying a house, them selling a house, right. Uh, has really led to the growth in this 
in that area too. So those are a couple of things that I think that they're uh, making have made a big uh, change in the impact and the dynamics of the market right now. Yeah, those are really good points. And and Craig, don't you have a background in finance or what is your back? Can you tell well, us? Well, my background is technology, but I've been a serial entrepreneur and being a serial entrepreneur, it's all about the money, right? It's all about understanding the money and the flow and, and accounting and that. And then I've also, you know, running big organizations and managing that. But then also I got into real estate investing. That's, that's how I started in real estate was doing investing. And again, investing, you know, he's got to understand the numbers and uh, how they work and their relationship in that, because if you don't, you'll be out of that business pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. With pricing and is it something where like, yeah, what, what are you seeing there on numbers wise for investors is because it's happening, like you said, people are investing in, in real estate. And, and I think the other point you said uh, was a good point or people are buying second homes, but not only they're buying second homes or buying them in places where they can go on vacation, where they're not going to be hampered by a whatever the media or something says, they can go and have a good time. So, but uh, what, what are you seeing on the, on the numbers on the investment side? As far as uh, when you say the numbers, from what from what perspective on that, you cut out there a little bit earlier. But. Pricing are there are there deals out there? Is there um, is the pricing like what's the best way to navigate that for an investor to make their numbers if they're going to lease, if they're going to flip? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think everybody's got a different threshold. I mean, you know, certain and it's all market driven, right? I mean. Dallas is a very sophisticated market, very mature market from investing. You've got a lot of money chasing, you know, relatively few deals for the level of money in the, in the Dallas market right now, which is, you know, making it super hot. But there's lots of other markets out there where there's a lot of growth, but yeah, it's not that mature of a market yet. There's not a lot of institutional money in that. I mean, you got besides individual money, like say in Dallas, you have a lot of hedge fund money, you have a lot of you know, private equity money, you've got a lot of, you know, other groups of investor money that are investing in real estate, you know, transactions in real estate as a whole. So whether it be single family or even multifamily type of stuff. So, but it's, um, you know, there's a lot of people moving out to the country and looking at, you know, getting out and getting out, like you said, um, and having that as their maybe the main home and keeping the house in the city and renting that out or making Airbnb, depending on where its location is. So, uh, but there's, um, you know, I think real estate has continued to be a great investor. I mean, you also have a lot of investors are investing money in for the transactions. So that when you look at how many people investors are doing hard money lending right now to other people who are doing the fix and flips, the transactions and everything else, right? There's a, a lot of people are participating in the real estate market as in, in that shape. You know, they're taking their money and their 401ks or self-directed programs, they're creating their own banks, and they're using that money um, to invest in real estate as hard money lenders and sometimes longer term loans. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to add something um, just really quick. I have a, a client who is getting a, a new build and um, we went ahead and we locked it in the, um, the contract in back in July. And um, we went ahead and I, I was out there last week 
um, over the weekend and, you know, just checking on the progress of how the, the house was coming along. And I went ahead and I talked to the sales consultant. And I was just really curious um, about because we had got into the uh, subdivision a little bit early. And so um, I, w- I just went up to the sales consultant and I asked him, like, hey, um, what price point are you selling this at? Uh, the, the same design, the same uh, model. He said, well, we're selling it at X amount. And that was uh, $7,000 more, $7, more than what we had locked it in at. So with uh, just by, you know, my client um, not even doing anything, <laughs> uh, she's getting $7,000 at least in equity. Because I went ahead and asked him, like, hey, how's the appraisal coming back? Are you all having any, you know? And she's like, no, everything's fine. Uh, we haven't had any issues yet. And so, um, you know, you know uh, we haven't done the appraisal yet because it hasn't gotten to that point. But. Um, yeah, she is getting $7,000 in equity, um, on top of everything else that, um, you know, the, the new, the new house and all the new amenities. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that. So it is, um, she's, she's not, I guess you can say it's, uh, it's, well, she's, she's buying a house, but she is also getting, um, you know, additional, uh, equity in the house, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. Just wanted to share that. Cool. So wh- where is that at? What part of Dallas? It's on the um, south side, so like a Forney area, um, Rockwall area, that that kind of area over there. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there there is a lot of construction uh, just everywhere around Dallas. Um, uh, yeah, Forney, all the way down to uh, DeSoto, um, Roy City, all the way up north, all the way up to like Melissa, and um, yeah, it's just uh, pretty much all spread out um and and denton um is is also experiencing a lot of growth as well um it's just everywhere everywhere there's land it seems like there's um there's new there's new new construction yeah which needs to happen as i had shared so it's um it's all good news it's all good stuff um If we, um, so I just, along with that prosperity prayer, I, I meant to do uh, a meditation. And if you guys would like to, let's just do a quick meditation to maybe, I don't know, manifest more buyers, sellers into our life. But just, let's just calm for a second. Just uh, close our eyes, get into a comfortable position. And just do some breathing. Just take a take three deep breaths. just with those deep breaths, let's just see ourselves being the guiding light in real estate for our buyers and sellers. Take three more deep breaths. And 
with those breath, we bring in the vision of God and get in alignment with that almighty power. And with that almighty power, it gives us the strength and energy to go out and to do God's bidding. And take three more breaths. We can open our eyes and I always love doing that. I meant to do it at the beginning, but it's just a great way for to center. And I believe to get in touch with that power that's guiding us all. And that was only maybe a minute or two meditation. And um, is there anything else that you guys want to share or add to uh, the conversation here, and I'm not probably going as as long as we did on and when we end. But any, anyone else have anything to add? All right. Well, we'll Craig, you get you gonna say something? No, I'm just gonna say uh, it was great, great syncing up with everybody today, even though it's a small group and, you know, let's uh, hope we have a successful day today. And yeah. And we'll be back next Tuesday, same bat time, same bat channel. So make sure everyone knows and, and shares and we'll, uh, we'll keep, uh, we'll <laughs> see where we're at next Tuesday, but just, you know, what I would say with it's, it's election day, go have fun. Just remember that, there's one power that's God. And if we keep that in mind, everything else just flows into place. And so, um, Absolutely. I appreciate everyone being here today. And I only remembered a couple, if you guys want to do a little singing, I only remember a couple of the lines, but it, it'll be all good. We love to laugh and have more fun. We love to we laugh, love and, laugh have and have, more, have fun more fun as we increase our income. As, As we, we increase, increase our, our income. income, we love to feel our vibration rise. We love, we to, love feel to feel our vibration, our vibration rise. As more and more. And I think I froze up. <laughs> <laughs> the last part. The last one we do is moolah, moolah, moolah. Moolah, moolah, moolah. All right, guys, I, uh, I appreciate every, everyone coming on and uh, have an awesome day. Go out there, have some fun and sell some homes. Absolutely. You. you too. Thanks. Bye. You're Bye. welcome.